I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, it's new with me. Nothing. It's hot as hell out. And I'm sitting here in my room uh, with pillows everywhere, recording. And uh, it's stifling hot in here. So, I have nothing to add. Nothing exciting happened in my week. Just had my kids, did some work. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. My lawn, blah, blah, blah. My house. So, let's move forward. Uh, I picked out a nice short little story from the Red Fairy Tale book. Uh, I've already talked about the author. He's uh, he's basically a a man of letters who is more well-known for writing these different colored fairy tale books than he is for any of his uh, editorials and literary editing. And that's pretty much it. So I guess we'll just kind of dive straight into the story so I can get out of this room and move on with my life. Today's story is going to be the Six Sillies from the Red Fairy Book. Once upon a time, ah, there was a young girl who reached the age of uh, 37 without ever having had a lover. Oh, for she was so foolish that no one wanted to marry her. One day, however, a young man arrived to pay his addresses to her. Ah, And her mother, beaming with joy, sent her daughter down to the cellar to draw a jug of beer. As the girl never came back, the mother went down to see what had become of her and found her sitting on the stairs, her head in her hands. While by her side, the beer was running all over the floor. She had forgotten to close the tap. What are you doing there? Asked Mother. Uh, I was thinking, I shall call my first child after I am married to that young man. All the names in the calendar are taken already. The mother sat down on the staircase beside the daughter and said, I will think about it with you, my dear. The father, who had stayed upstairs with the young man, was surprised that neither his wife nor his daughter came back and, in his turn, went down to look for him. He found them both sitting on the stairs, while beside them the beer was running all over the ground from the tap, which was wide open, apparently still. What are you doing there? The beer's running all over the cellar. Uh, We were thinking what we would call the children that our daughter will have when she marries that young man. All the names in the calendar are taken already. Uh, Well, said the father, I will think about it with you. As neither mother nor daughter nor father came upstairs again, the lover grew impatient, and he went down in the cellar to see what they could all be doing. 
They found them all three sitting on the stairs, while beside them the beer was still running all over the ground from the tap, which was wide open, still. What in the world are you all doing? You don't come upstairs. Then you let the beer run all over the cellar. Ah, yes, I know, my boy, said the father, but if you marry our daughter, uh, what should you call the children? All the names in the calendar are taken. When the young man heard this answer, he replied, Well, uh, goodbye, I'm going away. Uh, When I have found three people sillier than you, I will come back and marry your daughter. So he continued his journey, and after walking a long way, he reached an orchard. Uh, Then he saw some people knocking down walnuts and trying to throw them into a cart with a fork. What are you doing there? he asked. We want to load this cart with our walnuts, uh, but we can't manage to do it. The lover advised them to get a basket and put the walnuts in it so as to turn them into the cart. Well, he said to himself, I have already found someone more foolish than those three. So he went on his way, and by and by came to a wood. And there he saw a man who wanted to give his pig some acorns to eat, and was trying with all his might to make him climb up the oak tree. Hey, what are you doing, my good man? asked he. I want to make my pig eat some acorns, and I can't get him up to the tree. If he were to climb up and shake down the acorns, the pig could pick them up. Oh, oh, I never thought of that. Ah, here is the second idiot, said the lover to himself. Some way further, along the road, he came upon a man who had never worn any trousers (laughs) and who was trying to put on a pair. So he had fastened them to a tree and was jumping with all his might up in the air so that he could hit the two legs of the trousers as he came down. Eh... It'd be much better if you held them in your hands, said the young man, and put your legs in, one after another, in each hole. Ah, dare me to be sure. You are sharper than I am, for that never occurred to me. And, having found three people more foolish than his bride, or her father, or her mother, the lover went back to marry the young lady. And in course of time, they had a great many children. Uh, says story from a Hanuit. Well, that turned out to be a lot shorter than I expected. It's only six minutes long. Let's uh, read another one called The Rat Catcher. A very, in all caps, long time ago in the town of Hamel in Germany was invaded by bands of rats, the like of which had never been seen before nor will ever be again. They were great black creatures that ran boldly in broad daylight through the streets and swarmed so all over the houses that people at last could not put their hand or foot down anywhere without touching one. When dressing in the morning, they found them in their breeches and petticoats, in their pockets and their boots. And when they wanted a morsel to eat, the voracious horde had swept away everything from cellar to garret. The night was even worse. As soon as the lights were out... These untiring nibblers set to work. And everywhere, in the ceilings, and the floors, and the cupboards, and the doors, there was a chase and a rummage. And so furious a noise of gimlets, pincers, and saws that a deaf man could not have rested uh, for more than uh, an hour together. Neither cats, nor dogs, nor poison, nor traps, nor prayers, nor candles burnt uh, to all the saints. Nothing would do anything. The more they killed, the more came. And the inhabitants of Hamel began to go to the dogs 
uh, not that they were much of use. When one Friday there arrived in the town a man with a, a queer face who played the bagpipes and sang this refrain, Qui vera vera, Lee Viola, Lee Prenur des Rats. I probably mispronounced all that. He was a great gawky fellow, dry and bronzed, with a crooked nose, a, a long rat-tail mustache, and two great yellow piercing and mocking eyes under a large felt hat set off by scarlet cock's feather. He was dressed in green jacket and a leather belt and red breeches, <laughs> and on his feet were sandals fastened by thongs passed around the legs in gypsy fashion. This is a lot of detail. That is how he may have be seen to this day, painted on a window of the Cathedral of Hamel. He stopped on the great marketplace before the town hall, turned his back on the church, and went on with his music singing, Who lives shall see, this is he, ah, the rat catcher. Well, the town council had just assembled to consider once more this plague of Egypt, for which no one could have saved the town. The stranger sent word to the councillors that if they could make it worth his while, he would rid them of all their rats before night down to the very last. Ah, then he's a sorcerer, cried the citizens with one voice. We must beware of him. The town councillor, who was considered clever, reassured them. He said, oh, sorcerer, no. If this bagpiper speaks the truth... It is he who has sent us this horrible vermin that he wants to rid us of today for money. Well, we must learn to catch the devil in his own snares. Yeah, you leave it to me. Leave it to the town councillor, said the citizens to one another, and the stranger was brought before them. Before night, said he, I shall have dispatched all the rats in Hamel, if you will but pay me a gross ahead. Ah, gross ahead, cried the citizens, but that will come to millions of florins. The town councillor simply shrugged his shoulders and said to the stranger, A bargain! To work, uh, the rats will be paid one gross ahead as you ask. The bagpiper announced that he would operate that very evening when the moon rose. He added that the inhabitants should at that hour leave the streets free and content themselves with looking out of the windows at what was passing. And that it would be a pleasant spectacle. When the people of Hamble heard the bargain, they too exclaimed, Ah, a gross ahead! But this will cost us a, a deal of money. Ah, leave it to the town councillor, said the town council with a malicious air. And the good people of Hamel repeated with their councillors, leave it to the town councillor. Toward night at night, ah, the bagpiper reappeared in the marketplace and he turned at first with his back to the church. And the moment the moon rose on the horizon, Tierra Tari and the bagpipes resounded. It was first a slow, uh, ooh, caressing sound, then more and more lively and urgent, and so sonorous and piercing that it penetrated as far as the furthest alleys and retreats of the town. Soon, from the bottom of the cellars, the top of the garrets, from under all the furniture, from all the nooks and corners of the houses, out come the rats, search for the door, fling themselves onto the street, and trip, 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 begin running in a file toward the front of the town hall, so squeezed together that they covered the pavement like the waves of flooded torrent. When the square was quite full, the bagpiper faced about, and still playing briskly, turned toward the river that runs at the foot of the walls of Hamel. Arrived there, he turned round, and the rats were following. Hop, hop, he cried, pointing with his finger to the middle of the stream. 
where the water whirled and was drawn down as if through a funnel. And hop, hop, without hesitating, the rats took the leap, uh, swam straight to the funnel, plunged in head foremost, and disappeared. The plunging continued, uh, thus without ceasing, till uh, ooh, midnight. At last, dragging himself with difficulty, ooh, came a big rat, white with age, and stopped on the bank. He was the king of the band. Are they all there, friend Blanchett? asked the bagpiper. Oh, they're all there, replied friend Blanchette. Uh, how many were they? Nine hundred and ninety thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. Well reckoned? Ah, uh, well reckoned. Then go and join them, old sire, and au revoir. Then the old rat sprang in his turn into the river, swam to the whirlpool and disappeared. When the bagpiper had thus concluded his business, he went to bed at his inn, and for the first time during three months the people of Hamel slept quietly through the night. The next morning, at nine o'clock, the bagpiper repaired to the town hall where the town council awaited him. Eh, all your rats took a jump into the river yesterday, said he to the councillors, and I guarantee that not one of them comes back. There were 990,999. One of the gross ahead, reckon. Ah, let us reckon the heads first. One gross ahead is one head the gross. Where are the heads? The rat catcher did not expect this treacherous stroke. He paled with anger and his eyes flashed fire. The heads, cried he. If you care about them, go find them in the river. So replied the town councillor. You refuse to hold the terms of your agreement. We ourselves could refuse you all payment. But you have been of use to us, and we will not let you go without recompense. And he offered him fifty crowns. Yeah, keep your recompense for yourself, replied the rat catcher proudly. If you do not pay me, I'll be paid by your heirs. Thereupon, he pulled his hat down over his eyes, went hastily out of the hall, and left the town without speaking to a soul. When the Hamel people heard how the affair had ended, they rubbed their hands with no more scruple than their town councillor. They laughed over their rat catcher, who, they said, was caught ah, in his own trap. But what made them laugh above all was his threat of getting himself paid by their heirs. Ha! They wished that they could only have such creditors for the rest of their lives. Next day, yeah, which was a Sunday, they all went gaily to church thinking that after Mass, well, they could be able to eat some good thing with the rats not tasted before them. They never suspected the terrible surprise that awaited them on their return home. No children anywhere. Yeah, they'd all disappeared. Her children. Uh, where are her poor children? Why are you just leaving them home alone all the time? Was the cry that they soon heard all over the streets. Then through the east door of the town came uh, three little boys who cried and wept. And this is what they told. While the parents were at church, a wonderful music had resounded. Soon all the little boys and all the little girls that had been left at home had gone out, attracted by the magic sounds, and had rushed to the great marketplace, uh, where they found the rat catcher playing his bagpipes at the same spot as the evening before. Then the stranger had begun to walk quickly, and they had followed, running, singing, dancing, to the sound of the music. As far as the foot of the mountain, uh, which one sees on entering Hamel, at their approach, the mountain had opened a little, and the bagpiper had gone in with them, after which it had closed again. Only the three little ones who told the adventure had remained outside, as if by a miracle. One was bandy-legged, 
They could not run fast enough. The other, who had left the house in haste, uh, one foot shod, the other bare, had hurt himself against a big stone and could not walk without difficulty. The third had arrived in time, but in harrying to go with the others, had struck so violently against the wall of the mountain that he fell backwards at the moment and closed upon his comrades. At this story, the parents redoubled their lamentations. They ran with pikes and mattocks to the mountain and searched uh, till evening to find an opening by which their children had disappeared without being able to find it. At last, they, night falling, they returned desolate to Hamel. Eh, but the most unhappy of all was the town councillor, for he had lost three little boys and two pretty little girls. And to crown all, the people of Hamel overwhelmed him with reproaches, forgetting that the evening before they had all agreed with him. What had become of these unfortunate children? Yeah, the parents always hoped that they were not dead, and that the rat catcher, who certainly must have come out of the mountain, would not have taken them with them to this country. That is why for several years they sent in search of them to different countries, uh, but no one ever came on the trace of the poor little ones. It was not till much later that anything was to be heard of them. About 150 years after the event, when there was no longer one left of the fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters of that day, there arrived one evening in Hamel some merchants of Bremen, returning from the east, who asked to speak with the citizens. They told that they, in crossing Hungary, had sojourned into a mountainous country called Transylvania, where the inhabitants only spoke German, while all around them nothing was spoken but Hungarian. These people also declared that they came from Germany, but they did not know how they chanced to be in this strange country. Now, said the merchants of Bremen, these Germans cannot uh, be other than the descendants of the lost children of Hamel. The people of Hamel, yeah, they didn't doubt it. And since that day, they regarded it as certain that the Transylvanians of Hungary are their country folk, whose ancestors, as children, were brought there by the rat catcher. There are more difficult things uh, to believe than that. Pretty short, average stories for a pretty average man having a pretty average week. I have uh, nothing from those stories to wrap up uh, or wrap in together with my intro because I said nothing in my intro except that uh, things are uh, mundane. So with that, uh, thanks for listening uh, and I will see you next week. <laughs>